All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I am Larry Monkey, and I am joined by Justin Rogers, Mr. Run DFF himself. What's up, my man? What's up? What's up? Nice. Clean, ready to get spicy up in this joint. Let's do this. Nice, dude. Did you do your run yet or no? No, I did not do my run. I've been working from 7 a.m. until literally ran in the house, jumped in a five-minute shower, and then fired this thing up. So I have to run and then shower again after the show. So no beer for me. How about you? You drinking a beer? I am not drinking a beer. Ooh. I am uh, drinking a Canada Dry lemon lime, baby, sparkling filter water. Because <laughs> I'm two weeks without having a beer. No, wait, that's been one. It's only one week. Yeah, I told you it's only been eight days. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah, I, I made the mistake of bragging about not having a beer for a couple weeks prior to us kicking off, and apparently it's only been a week. Justin brought that to my attention. But so let's keep this going. We got an amazing guest tonight, and this guy. Uh, he's on one of one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FFBlitz, and his name is Michael Zipes, the host of, what's the name of that podcast? The Dynasty Trade. Salito called it the Dynasty he- Headquarters. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> the Dynasty he Trade did. HQ podcast. Michael Sipes, what's up, dude? Hey, how you doing? You know, it's so funny. When you first slowed down before saying my name, I was like, what's he doing? And then I realized you slowed down with the podcast name, too. So I got it. I got the joke. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is true. Sal did call us uh, Dynasty Headquarters quite a few times on the show that two weeks ago. <laughs> Sal kind of just makes things into whatever he wants them to be anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good, you know, and, and we hope that people know what we're called. I mean, uh, there's no video right now, but if you could see it, you could see the big logo behind my head right now but uh, i know dude is that a new chair also you're sitting in no yes we redid the studio here and i'm and i'm in a real chair now instead of the big comfy chair i love how you call it a studio i'm like i'm sitting here my, my mic is sitting on an empty box with with another box on top of it and i've got my feet propped up on a chair like I, i'm in my my kitchen Larry's in oh the basement and you've got a studio. Well, it's it's really funny, especially with the pandemic that kind of pushed it all to finally happen. You know, I, I had, unfortunately, when my grandmother passed away, we, we had this room in my house that was being used for storage and everything. But when the pandemic happened and you're stuck in the house together, my wife and son with me doing podcasts upstairs, it's like, I'm bothering everybody. So I'm like, forget it. I'll move downstairs. So moving down here, I just decided to gut this whole place and set it all up as like a studio. And like we were talking before the show, I even have it set up where I can have guests in here. Um, next time Shane is down here in South Florida, we won't have to sit in front of my TV set. Uh, he could sit in here in the studio. I've got extra mics and the, the big comfy chair, you know. That's I actually exciting. have a little space that I can eventually turn into my little man cave you're on like a freshly new six acres of land there man that's some acreage right did i say that right yeah i think you did yeah how about that city slicker trying <laughs> trying to <laughs> acreage that's yeah, good for your daughter too right you said she's two now yeah she loves it yeah we had a we've had a pig i don't know if it's a pet pig or what but it has come into our yard a couple times. Yeah. Like our dog ended up like trying to play with this pig. The pig wanted nothing to do with her. Oh and the gosh. pig is just like, come on, leave me alone. So there's a random pig in your yard and you're not sure someone's pet or not. That is exactly what we have going on here. Well, that is very exciting. And what's what's also exciting is we just got through week one of the football oh my season. God, it's so awesome. We were ragging on Manning Sanders last week. I guess I'll, I'll take I my know, Manning right? Sanders slander back. I don't know. It's kind of funny too, because leading up to this week, there was a lot of talk with a lot of people saying we're, we might see more injuries than we usually see early on in the season because of no training and no preseason and all that kind of stuff. All the way up to game time, I lost one or two players like an hour before game time I had to start stuff. But even with the Michael Thomas thing, I agree with you. I think that it's also going to come out with Kittle too, that Uh it's going to be a little bit more serious than what they're saying. Even as of last night and as of today, it's changed. And when I saw him, the way that guy landed on him and everything, it looked more serious to me than what really happened or what they're saying right now really happened. Yeah. And you've got uh, James Conner. He could end up missing time. He he says he's going to try and play through it, but who knows? Marla Mack is done for the year. 
That's a big one there. And Blake Jarwin for all the Blake Jarwin stands out there. That was leading to what I was saying about all the injuries. That we we already had a feeling that there would be injuries, but some of these names that did get hurt are bigger than what we thought. And what's really funny with the James Conner one, there was a lot of talk about Snell and about was it Anthony McFarland, the rookie? I know Shane really loves Anthony McFarland and all that stuff. Wow. But Snell looked pretty good when he got in there to play. What's really great about Pittsburgh is it's always been that way. It's like whoever the main guy is, if that guy goes down, the number two guy usually is ready to step up. Right. So, you know, uh, it, it looks like if, if you had Snell already on your roster, that one could be okay. But with the Michael Thomas going down, you made the jokes about Sanders, but like who else in, in New Orleans are you going to be like keeping your eye on now or trying to get or trying to put in your starting lineup? Nobody. I want nothing to do with Traquan Smith. I knew you were going to say it, and please, just no. Okay, you can't make a bad receiver good just by throwing the ball to him a bunch. Uh, Hello, Quintez Cephas. I think I've heard so much Quintez Cephas stuff today. And it's like the guy had 10 targets, caught three of them. And he got seven of them where I think we're in the end zone. Right, but he can't catch them. I mean, if you can't catch them, that doesn't make you good. All right, so I have the number one waiver claim, and Brown Hines are out there. Who are you taking if you have the number one waiver claim out of like Malcolm Brown and and Naheem Hines? Those seem to be the two like big Uh, names right now. Yeah, what's easy for you? What is the answer? Malcolm Brown. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's even close. I think Jonathan Taylor's just going to eat more and more into that Hines role because I mean they they ended up giving uh, Taylor what do you have four or five targets or something? I can't remember. He had like four catches for sixty yards, something like that. Uh, I mean, everything went out the window once with the Matt once Matt right. went down. So they're I think I think that's going to open the. I think Matt going down is going to open the door for for them to bring in Taylor, and then I don't think he leaves the field as much as Matt does. I like Hines, but I think that Malcolm Brown is going to be the three down back there. You know, but what about Acres? You don't believe that Acres <laughs> is going to do anything? Mm, sure. Is he going to do something in the next three or four weeks? When you're doing a waiver claim, are you doing a waiver claim for the whole season? Or are you trying to get production quick? I think it depends on the player, really. Yeah. I mean, I think you're looking to hit a home run when you're making a waiver claim in like week one or two. You want to get that one guy that that just like slipped through the cracks during the draft and or an injury hit. And he's the guy now, you know, so I think the week one, I'm not looking for like a, a two or three week stopgap. I want to like swing for the fences. I was just going to say, I think it's true. I think the the deeper you get into a season, the less valuable those players you're going to get off of waiver wires. So uh, mostly what you just said about the slipping through the cracks. I mean, somebody like Hines, I know Shane and I were going back and forth on Twitter yesterday and a couple other people were chiming in, but Somebody like him, I was already picking him up a lot of places in the offseason because I've watched Priv, uh, Philip Rivers, for years. <laughs> I, I, I know the way he plays. Uh, and, and I was hoping that Hines would be somebody that he can trust and, and dump the ball off to. So I was already getting him in places. So in the leagues I'm in, he's not on waiver wires. But but somebody yeah. like Malcolm Brown, he was somebody that didn't really get the chance to mm-hmm. shine too much. Now, maybe what you're right, Justin, maybe you're right. He is going to be the guy there. But there is still the question of Cam Akers, and maybe, they, maybe they'll split it. Maybe they'll share it. For me, I, would, I like Hines because it seems like it's a defined situation of what he'll do as opposed to Jonathan Taylor. Both of them can both be out there right. playing. And, and again, like I said, Shane and I got into an argument yesterday about it. He says, Hines sucks and blah, 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 whatever. Well, and, I'll make one more point about it. All right, so when you're saying swing for the fences, which guy has the opportunity to be a top 12, 15 running back and realistically? Okay, yeah. but, but maybe what he's saying when swing for the fences may not mean – uh, top 10, but may mean playing between week one and week 14. And that's, you know, which one of them has more a longevity because, because even with Jonathan Taylor going already, you know what Hines is going to do the rest of the time. Say Malcolm Brown plays okay this week or next week. And then all of a sudden they put Cam in and Cam starts playing better. Then you have the chance where Malcolm Brown falls back into his regular position of being the backup to the starting running back. Or he gets hurt as well because Malcolm Brown is getting injured. Yeah. I mean, they can all get injured. Right, yeah. who has, okay, here's my question. Who has the most set it and forget it? For me, it's easy. It's Brown. Because I think that, that Hines' ceiling is capped. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to catch 50 or 60 balls this year. Now he's already got eight. So uh, 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, think, I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think the eight catches is sustainable. With Phil Rivers dumping it off like that? That's, that's, that's all he does. That's my point. That, <laughs> I, mean, I don't I've think he's going to see the field. I don't think he's going to see like 60% of the snaps again. Not regularly. I just don't think – I think that as Jonathan Taylor works his way in – again, uh, this goes back to the whole rookies haven't seen game action. You know, they didn't get any preseason, whatever, so they're going to be eased in. Uh, everyone except Hilaire, apparently, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, they didn't really have a choice. No. But, but what it comes down to for me is I think Taylor ends up being that 60 or 70% snap player, especially you know in just a few weeks. I think he's too good not to. So I think that caps Hines upside. We talk about it on our show at Dynasty Trades HQ that at least I do. I say I say that there's no black and white. It's it's right. you know there's gray areas and and maybe in this case his job is going to be steady with the rest of the season. And Malcolm Brown, you could be right. Malcolm Brown has the opportunity to play the whole rest of the year as the starting guy because of the no camp, because of the no trade, all that kind of stuff. But he also has the opportunity that after one or two weeks, he could lose that job. So if you're going to spend a lot of your fab money on something, you have to decide whether you're looking for the long-term or the short-term. And in yeah. my mind, at least, I think Malcolm is more short-term than long-term. I mean, but again, we can both be wrong or right or right. who knows. Well, that depends on who you're asking because Shane will say you're wrong and that's it. Oh, yeah. He always <laughs> just shuts me down. Right. Whatever. I don't give a crap what he says, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so what brought the three of us, initially the, what brought the three of us together was the, the Dynasty Trades HQ Listener League, the inaugural <laughs> very first Listener League. 16 team super flex ppr tight end premium this was in 2018 it was the end of the summer i remember making draft picks on the beach literally it, we were we were like up against the, the the kickoff of the season and i didn't know it was this was my first time being in dynasty league of that size like 16 teams and with like real dynasty players i just got into i just kind of got into dynasty twitter that summer so it just was like, oh man, I need to like bring my A game and stuff, and 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 here we are, like a couple of years later, and now we're all on the the hot sauce pod. Justin and Michael Sipes faced off this week. <laughs> Justin is in. He's in a re, he's in Full rebuild. Full on rebuild. Full on rebuild. <laughs> Listen, let me just say this. It's really cool what you just said about uh, HQ one, and and it is funny. It's been two years now, and when we when we first did a listener league. Uh, we're actually up to five listener leagues now for our show. But that first listener league, we were like, hey, let's do this. And hey, let's do this. And let's do a 16 team. And let's do And we put together this league. And after the first year, we were like, holy shit, we made a really difficult league. You know? House of Horror League? That's what this should be called. House of Horror League. Oh my God, it is so hard. And and to have a 16-team Superflex League, if you don't have quarterbacks, it's, it's very hard. But yeah... It, What's really great, what you said, Justin, is you and I played each other this year. Last year, I had like the best record the entire season, mm. all the way up to like week 12, 13. And then all of a sudden things went wrong and Larry Monkey ended up winning this season. And it really, really hurt. I hated it. But <laughs> I will say this, out of the five listener leagues we have, I won four of the five this weekend. And the one I lost to... <laughs> What's the Justin? Nice. How how the hell did you lose to my ragtag? I have no idea of a team. Okay, I just want to say this. So I, I did a little digging. Uh -huh. Justin, your team cracked cracked a hundred points three times last year. I know. <laughs> and two of those times, and two of those times, you had a hundred exactly. It was like a hundred point <laughs> five or a hundred point seven. So <laughs> when I went rebuild last year, I traded every asset I had away. It didn't matter. I mean, I was dumping players left and right. The running chalk versus uh, just just to bring everyone up to speed. Running chalk versus FF Blitz Week One Dynasty Trades HQ One Listener League. <laughs> Running Chalk scores 201 points versus <laughs> FF with 152. 200 points. Okay. This is a 16-team league. He ends up being in the top five scoring for the week. And and what, what's really funny is my friends in our home league, we always make fun of MFL. I love MFL. But MFL's scoring prediction is always – 
crap. It, it, I don't know what their <laughs> algorithm is. I don't know what they do, but it just doesn't ever make sense a lot of times. However, I was way favored. <laughs> you don't say. Okay, look. The guy <laughs> that blew up on my roster, Alan Lazard, Willie Sneed, oh my God. Peyton Barber, <laughs> Ray oh Moster, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek freaking McKinnon got 15 points. <laughs> what the hell? You, you have 32 points out of Moster. <laughs> you know, it's like ridiculous. And, okay, so here's, here's a, a dig I got about Moster right now. Why is he not worth a first? If... David Johnson is, I mean, everyone is saying David Johnson's worth the first. And David Johnson for me is a good comp. Like they're both performing. They're both, they both have very prominent bell, bell cow ro roles or whatever on their team. But one of them was worth the first and I can't get shit for Mostert. What is wrong with you people? Okay. There's two things going on with that. First of all, Mostert had a reception touchdown for 76 yards. Yes. Okay. So you take away that one thing, which I don't usually agree with this. This is what people say a lot of times. But if you look at his other stats, he rushed 15 times for 56 yards. Yeah. You know, so he, he definitely has the opportunity. They gave him the ball a lot of times. But to get 56 yards on 15 carries, it's not no, like he true. was lighting up the whole world for football. So the other thing, too, is you have to realize – especially in HQ one, there's a lot of trades that go on. Shane makes a lot of trades. I make a lot of trades. Sometimes it's difficult to make a trade with Jeremy, but a lot, a lot of trades get done. <laughs> sorry. Both of you guys. Well, first, Jeremy has to respond to the trade. And then maybe, <laughs> then maybe you get a, you know, you get uh, something done. I love Jeremy and, and we just joke around about it all the time that it, that sometimes it's difficult for him. Even that whole poll they did last year where who's the hardest one to do a trade with. But um, for right now, there's a lot of overreaction and underreaction to week one. Yeah. And in HQ1, you're going to have a hard time somebody giving you a first round pick for Mostert. Uh, Which is funny because I just tried to sell it to Alex. He gave me a first for Ronald Jones like three weeks ago. <laughs> three weeks ago, everybody had pie in the sky, all these kind of, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I want this guy. And now that we actually have some data and some, some evidence of what some of these people are doing, there's going to be people that are going to be holding out or holding on or being being willing to do stuff. Now, I don't know Alex's team. I don't know whether he won or lost or whatever, but if he lost, he may be in the mindset that, oh shit, maybe my team's not so hot. I don't necessarily want to give away the first right now for Mozart, blah, 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 blah. You know, you may have a chance to do it next week if he does it again right. or, or yeah, whatever. No, if Mostert has another big week, I, I think he'll probably sell. So would, would you I, have thrown, would you have thrown Mostert in on that deal with Jones for the first? At no. the time? Me, if, if, yeah, if he came back to you and mm -hmm. he countered that Jones for a first, and he asked you to throw a Mostert, would you have done that? Both of them? No, probably not. I had high aspirations when I bought him from you. I knew that he had a chance <laughs> that, that he could uh blow up and, and his volume could go, I mean, his, his value could, could explode. So, when you I, said I, when I bought it from you, his eyes like lit up. He got, yeah, he got, he got um, so excited. I got the 15th overall pick for Jones from you, I think. Wow. From Jones, yeah. But when I bought Mostert, I gave you a second and a third, and neither of them were very high. Like Okay. Well, was, I mean, I just wanted to get rid of Mostert. I should have kept him. <laughs> He'd be nice on my team right now. He sure would. <laughs> well, made it off. The other, the other thing that went wrong for me when you right. were talking about it, like last year my team was – Freaking scoring left and right. It was awesome. But but part of that was having Jameis Winston on this roster because yeah. he was scoring a shit ton of points last year. Freaking Leonard Fournette uh, gets cut and then he goes over there. So Leonard Fournette was somebody that I wasn't going to use. Fucking Geis. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean that. But Geis ended up. You know, the bomb on this show. Yeah, we fuck we fuck around here. Okay, good. All right. So so I lost him. Then 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 Diggs gets traded away over to Buffalo, which he did all right. He got 19 points, but whatever. And then the Mike Evans thing really that fucked me in so many places. Uh, I mean, uh, I knew he had the hamstring. That's what I was going to say. There's more. And Kenny Galladay and George Kittle, who gets hurt during mm -hmm. the game. So I only get 11 points from him. So there's a lot of players on my team this week that with injuries and, and messed up situations, it kind of got screwed up. I'm not going to sit here and say that's the excuse, uh, whatever. I've always said fantasy. I've, I've been doing this for, I don't know. I'm 52. I've been doing it since the nineties, but all we do 
is make the best educated guess and put a team out there. Other than that, I don't do anything. So I don't take it personal that my team shit the bed or whatever. You know, I know there's a lot of people, oh, I suck at it, whatever. It, it just so happened that this week my guy sucked and your team had like great. I mean, to get, you got 32 out of Mozart. You got freaking 20 out of Alan Lazard. You got 18 out of Willie Sneed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I think I played the optimal lineup. Hold on. I'm looking. I'm looking. OJ, Howard came, OJ Howard came to life. Oh, I and guys, I played Jalen Richard. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that I was starting on this team, Jalen Richard, Jarek McKinnon, like I had no business winning a game. Yes. Exactly. 200 points. What the hell is going on? That I built a foundation of Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. And then I was like, okay, let's let it ride and see what else I can get down the road. And it worked. I mean, look at me. I, I had freaking uh, Leonard Fournette got three points. Mike Evans got seven points. You know, you, you can't win a game when some of these guys that were were, were getting you all these points last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Winston's gets you nothing because he's not playing. Uh, you know, one thing that I was happy about, you know, like we made a joke earlier about Priv. Uh, I've always loved Philip Rivers, so I have him on this roster. And I really thought when I put him in the lineup, I was like, oh, whatever, he's going to suck. But, and, I mean, I'm happy with the 20 points that he got. I, I think he by halftime he already had 227 yards passing, yeah. so it wasn't too bad. But but the rest of the people just didn't show up. I mean, Robbie Anderson scored me 30. That was awesome. I was really happy right. about that. But like I said, I look at it as every week it could be different. Last year, I, I think I only lost like three games. But then by week 14 or 13, I lost and it didn't matter anymore. So I'm not going to get upset week one losing to you. But for you, good because I have a dumpster fire team. Side. But, but, that's, <laughs> but that's what I was going to say to you, though. Is, is that right true? There. But is that true? Do you have a dumpster fire game team, or is it the possibility that with the way this world is, the way COVID is, the way people get injured, the way opt outs, all that kind of shit, maybe this team you have. <laughs> Is a team that you can ride for a while <laughs> and win some games. Right I mean, that's what 10. I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of. Right out of that top why. 10. <laughs> why are you afraid? No, is what I'm afraid of is this, this is what I'm afraid of. That I'll end up winning like six or seven games, not be good enough to do anything to even make the playoffs, but I'll screw the, the draft pick. Like I, I won't have that top two or three draft pick. Okay. Now, granted, I got a couple picks that uh, might end up being there anyway from other f folks, but that's what I was just going to say to you. You have enough picks. You've done enough trades. You, I mean, you and I have done trades. I know you have some of my picks because for me, I'm perfectly fine trading away my picks. I'll get them back in the off season or whatever. I don't care. But what I'm saying to you about your team is, is maybe the names aren't there, but if the points are there, who knows what can happen more so in a 16 team league. If this was a 12 team league and you're starting those guys, then yeah, I can say you know, that's bullshit. But in a 16 team league, maybe it's something with this year, you could be the asterisk anomaly team. I don't, I'm not sure I feel that great about Jarrett McKinnon putting up points again, or, you know, Peyton Barber. <laughs> but you don't know. Maybe they will. So, so what? So put, it this way. put it this way: If you say this and you're like, you know, screw it, I'm going to sell my guys off and get picks, then you have no chance of winning. What What are you going to do? Your picks aren't going to score you any points. My plan this whole season was not to win. You know, and maybe that adjusts. <laughs> if by week three or four I'm, you know, still rolling along, then obviously I'll make I'll make some changes and start moving picks for players. But right now. I feel like my best chance at long-term, at longevity and sustainable success is to ride out this rebuild. It's a, It was a two-year rebuild for me. And I made some huge trades and ended up with Murray and Mahomes and Gallup. Those are my like foundational pieces. But if I can score three of the three early picks in this you know 2021 draft and then trade around and move back and, and acquire more pieces or whatever, because I won't need a quarterback. You know, I won't need the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, so I'll be able to sell them for a, an arm and a leg, you know, a king's ransom. Right, so, and, you, and especially in a 16-team league in, in the rookie draft, those quarterbacks are always in the top right. of a bunch of picks. I'm just trying to say that in a lot of times, 
a lot of people react based on names and say that this can't keep going, but maybe it can. And if you do sell off all those pieces and get picks, then you definitely can't win because you're right. not going to score any points with the picks. That's all I meant. Right, right. Well, I know someone that's going to be in the market for a quarterback pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What does your team look like? Or is that another rip on my fucking team? I was just picking on your team. Uh, yeah, Derek, Carr, Derek Carr and Phil Rivers. Derek Phillip Rivers and Jameis Winston. Those are my those are my quarterbacks. You it's know? both of you. Don't worry because uh, Larry has Sam Darnold, so he's gonna be looking for a quarterback in 2021. Ah, I'm starting Haskins this week. Darnold's on the bench. I put Haskins for him. I think Haskins might be might be productive this season. I mean, I think he's going to be in a lot of shootouts. I don't know. What do you guys think about Haskins uh, being in advantageous point scoring second halves? I think AKA garbage time. Right. I think he'll be fine in a sixteen team superflex. But beyond that, kind of league it would be good in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I. I mean, I have him as my fourth quarterback in the DDCL in the Dynasty Diagnostics Champions League that we're in. I have him as my fourth QB, and I'm super happy to have him as a fourth QB. Even a third QB is fine, which is what you have behind Darnold, you know, where you can kind of spot start and and play matchups. But if I have to start him week to week, I don't feel great about it. It would feel like I was just doing something because I had to and not because I wanted to. Is there any kind of player over there right now, regardless of the IR stuff? Is there anybody that you're excited about? Is there anybody that is going to help Sam Darnold at all? Uh, I mean, there's high hopes for Herndon. He's in his, well, he's in his third year now because he was injured all last year. He had a great rookie season. Uh, There were high hopes from last year and he entered the season and uh, uh, on a suspension. Then he pulled a, he pulled a hamstring or something right before he was supposed to come back from suspension. Then he came back and cracked a rib uh, and like within two plays, he's supposed to be a foundation piece on offense, but yeah, Mims is supposed to be one, but yeah, it's all, I mean, Joe Douglas is rebuilding that offensive line from scratch. They got the Becton seems to be the real deal uh, from all reports so we'll see if it's if we can just build that all you got to protect this guy you know every last year was a joke i don't know uh, i'm hoping I, I mean i i picked arnold in a, in a, a handful of dynasty leagues because i liked him you know and, and then the first time i saw him drop back and throw the ball i was like oh this guy's a real quarterback but yeah man you can't do that when when just all these giga- gigantic guys are running with no one touching them and you know, full speed at you. You can't do your job. Also, if he doesn't have the pieces to throw to, like you, right. you, when I asked you who you mentioned a tight end, but I mean, right. what else is no, there? If they have, you know, they just need that. All the good teams have weapons and you got to surround these, these guys with weapons, but who knows? Everyone's talking about Trevor Lawrence. There's that section of jets fans that like, if Donald sucks this year, if the jets suck, fuck it. Let's, let's reset that rookie quarterback clock. Mm-hmm. That money clock and just take fucking Lawrence or somebody. But hopefully for me down here, we finally got Tua and that could be our future because what you just said, we've been dealing with that since Marino left. Who's gonna be our quarterback? Oh, well, we'll reset. We'll reset next year. Oh, we'll right. reset again. You know, ho- yeah. hopefully we we pass that point here. But yeah, you're definitely in that. Right. So, I mean, so I did mention Herndon as a tight end, you know, and and we've talked about tight ends a lot on this show, but I really wanted to talk about some of these week one matchups that I got into uh, specifically with your colleague Blitz. (laughs) We're going to go from Justin beating me with uh, (laughs) his team uh, to, to, I I do want to say it again though, in the five listener leagues, this was the only one I lost. But uh, but yeah, the you're the opponent that was trying to lose. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Hey, by the way, also I played Jeremy in three different leagues. We went head to head in three leagues, and I beat him in all three leagues. So that's another good thing too. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but you and Shane, yeah, you had a really interesting situation that you beat him with. I'm in a uh, we call it the Scott Connor League. It's the Run and Gun Dynasty League that Scott Scott commissions. It's it's a pretty serious league. Two tight end, 1.75 premium, start 13, uh, super flex, PPR, point per carry. It's a Debbie, it's Debbie depleted, Debbie league. So it's a pretty serious league. So with the deep benches and all, I'm kind of like this middling team. We just had did the startup in May. I'm I have experience in these heavy tight end premium leagues. And I also played in a redraft two tight end league last year. And I and I realized how difficult and challenging that was uh, to play. And so during these, so I made a point in this off season 
from the startup until now to acquire as many tight ends as I could through the draft and with, with trades. I drafted Mark Andrews in, with on the turn in the first round and I traded him for like two tight ends. I was just, so I have a, I have a ton of tight ends as a result. So I'm kind of weak in a lot of areas. So I was like, you know what? I have, I have six like legit tight ends to start here. I'm going to start six tight ends in my start 13 league against Shane. <laughs> and again, uh, this is a first year league and a lot of my, my, my strategy in a first year league, I don't try to win the first year. That's my strategy. I know a lot of folks are just like, I'm here to win. I like to take my time, reassess throughout the season. I usually, I usually afford myself a nice draft pick the following year. And I kind of build off of that second year. You can kind of see that, how that strategy played out in the HQ one league, <laughs> hence the belt <laughs> over my left shoulder. <laughs> um, anyway, that was my strategy going into here, but I have, I have all these tight ends and I, so I'm, I'm just like, I'm plugging in six, man. Fuck it. Let's have some fun this season. So, so I have no running backs either. Cam Akers is my only running back. Now, that's, that's another story. Uh, Scott sniped, he sniped me from, I suppose Dobbins was falling to my lap and he traded up with Shane actually and, and sniped <laughs> Dobbins off of me. Uh, so anyway, I have no running backs outside of I got Justice Hill and Bo. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, at McFarland, Allison. I got Cam Akers. So I comb the waiver wire, and there's nobody on waivers in this league. I pick up Kyle Juxak, 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 Kyle Juxak, whatever. Juice so check, by the way, Juice check, Juice check. Juice <laughs> check. Yeah. I nailed it, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I picked him up. And he actually had a big play, got me five, five point four five points. But the game changer was a trade that I made three days before kickoff. I traded a 21 third, 20, 21 third straight up for Logan Thomas. Cause I was like, fuck wow. it. It's a third round pick. Who cares? It's a tight end in a two tight end 1.75 premium. Everyone's talking Thomas up. Uh, so I was like, fuck it. And I threw him in there and boom. Gets me 16 points, 16.7 points. I beat Shane by 16.2 points. So that, <laughs> that Logan Thomas trade put me over the top, and I beat Shane with six tight ends. That's awesome. I, I, I will say to you, I, I am in only one league that's a start to tight end. And most people don't realize how important that is. You know, we talk all the time about tight end premium and everything, and you get one and a half points for receptor, whatever. But but a start two tight end where you have to start two tight ends. If you don't work that, especially in yeah. the startup draft, you're yeah. way behind the eight ball going forward. So if you're in a league right now where it's a start two tight ends and you already have that many on your roster that you can start, any day of the week I would give a third round pick for Logan Thomas or or any tight end that had the possibility to be out on the field, you know? So, and, yeah. and unless you're playing in that, you don't really get the importance of it. And I let me t tell you the guys I played. Uh, Gerald Everett, Mike Gusecki, TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith, Ian Thomas, and Logan Thomas. And uh, See, those, They're all kind of legit, you know? They're all guys that are going to be on the field that will get some kind of opportunity to catch the ball. Uh, in, in the one league that I am in, I didn't realize it was too tight end till way into the draft. We were already uh -huh. like – 30th round oh. and I was like shit I need two tight ends and I was already screwed by then so I actually spent almost two years trying to get trades done and moves done to get tight ends and now I have four startable tight ends yeah. and and I made it to the fantasy bowl last year in that league I didn't win but I made it to the fantasy bowl but part of it is because I had tight ends to play and yep. if you don't have them that can even be out on the field you're in trouble oh, dude there are some guys that are just totally barren like this one guy's his best tight ends sternberger and he's well, it has to be if, if you have six of them there's good <laughs> right. I'm, holding, exactly. I'm holding on to them i'm letting them mature because right now like logan thomas sure i could dump him off and maybe get a second for him but you know i don't know let me just let me let me sit and let this guy marinate for a little bit and these other guys too because I, I don't need six tight ends but i also need i need more depth because you need it, you need depth in leagues like this. You know, start thirteen. That's that's fucking amazing. You know, that's a serious league, man. When you're starting thirteen players, RHQ league, you start eleven, and that and I need to collect startable players. And I focused on tight ends, and I, and I think I kind of I got a nice bunch, and I just need to get them to. 
to reach a certain point before I can flip them. But it's not going to be anytime soon unless unless I get an offer that that I can't refuse. Well, between the two of you guys, you just said something that Shane and I have bumped heads about for three years now. When you just said you could trade him for a second where you trade, you gave away a third last two weeks or whatever and got him and now you could flip him for a second. But why do that? If you have a guy that is going to be the starting tight end there on a position that's very difficult to get, what is the advantage to you to now flip him for a third? See, Shane and I, we butt heads about that because Shane goes, no, you're always trying to uh, uh, get get more <laughs> than what you did and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, okay, fine. But it goes back to what Justin and I talked about earlier. What is a, a second round pick going to do for you when you had the player that you could put in your starting lineup? I think for me, it's completely team dependent. I mean, if you're one of those like me, oh, yeah. building whatever. But if you have a if you have a team, it's not always about profit, because all right. So it's also about replaceability. When you have a, a Ian Thomas and you you've got him for a third, and you can get a second now or whatever. What happens when you get that second? Can you get an equal player or better for that second? The exactly. only reason to move a player is if you think that the piece that you're getting is more valuable. So even if you're turning a profit, it doesn't matter if the profit is not as much as it could be. You know? Well, but, and that's exactly right. And then my flip side of it too is why do it for a second? If you're going to do it, do it to upgrade another position on your roster or get another player in yeah. one of those other positions that you could put into your starting lineup because the second round pick isn't going to do shit for you. And, and what you just said about team dependent, absolutely. All leagues are different and people get upset when you say you can't talk about trades in a vacuum, but in a, in a situation like this, when you're talking about a start to tight end league, if you trade away that tight end for a second round pick, like Justin said, right. What if you end up needing a tight end? There's not going to be somebody out there that's going to give you one of their tight ends in week five for a second right. round pick. You know, yeah, you already have that that piece, so keep it. Right. That's that's what I would do. Yes, I used the second round pick as an example because, uh, I, you know, in all the chats that I'm in, that was actually floated around a few times. Once he went off on Sunday, there was some buzz about Logan Thomas. You know, you think I can get a second round for him. You think I can get a second round for him. And I, I responded. This happened in two two chats. And my response was, I got a third for him last week. You could probably get a second for him now. Um, and again, to Justin's point about being team dependent, I put him up on my, on my trade bait with the little note saying, I, I want a young running back, which, you know, that's, that's a tall order for some people. But when the tight end in a two tight end 1.75 premium, that is... Is that's one of the most important positions on your team. What would you hope to get back when you say young running back? Because the, my problem is, is that outside of like the top tier, it's hard to pick a running back that I really want on my roster that I can feel like, is it Zach Moss? I mean, he didn't look good this weekend outside of catching a touchdown. Like I, I just don't know where that, where that cutoff is between young running back who is already valued at an elite level and young running back who has potential to grow in value, but isn't scoring points or is whatever. Right. You know? it's, like, it's it's cloudy. It's cloudy with week one. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, Antonio Gibson was okay. Uh, you know, Josh Kelly was amazing. You know, every, you know, you're thinking about it. everybody wants to. You know, everything everything is fresh in everyone's mind. Now, week two is going to come along. There, everyone that was great in week one is going to take a shit. And now, and it's going to mess everybody up again. So it's like it's you got to strike when the iron's hot. Even with Thomas, to Logan Thomas, I don't know. He, he could, you know, he go out with a knee injury next week. So it was like it's like when you just said that thing though about the posting about a young running back. There's two things about that. If people always say, like you said in that group chat, they said, "Oh, would you trade him for a second? Would you trade him for a second? It seems like in this community, especially you look at the DMs, you look at the trade. We get a lot of questions at Dynasty Trades HQ. Should I do this trade? Should I do that trade? But for some reason, everybody's knee-jerk reaction is, can I get a pick? That's all they ever talk about. Yeah. And, and to me, like I said, I've said it a bunch of times, the pick's not going to do anything for me this year. So the fact that you said to people, Hey, I'm looking for a young running back. 
A young running back is a generic term that people are all saying everybody wants the next great running back that's going to happen. But what you're essentially doing is you're telling people, listen, I want a player that I can put into my lineup or that I can build on my team right now. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the rookies. A young running back could be yeah. a running back that's been in the league for one or two years or something like that. But it, I, at least in my mind, I would much rather trade it for a player or some kind of package deal to move up in a player than to just trade it for a pick. But everybody's everybody's instant reaction is to say, oh, can I get a second? Can I get a third? Can I get – and that seems to be all what people think about. I just didn't – when I put that that text out there with, about the young running back, it was I'm, – I'm really meant I don't want a Raheem Mostert. My team is built on just first, second-year guys. I don't need that that final piece right now. I'm still building. It's still like – it's still growing. None of my guys even have, have facial hair yet, you know, that we talk about. So <laughs> – <laughs> I want, you know, so that's that's what I meant by that. I want another, uh, yeah, first, second year, third year guy, some guy that, yeah, pro, Do you pro Logan Thomas, who I mean, who the heck is that guy out of nowhere? But maybe Logan Thomas is, will be the piece that ends up helping you win something this year, and all you gave up for him was a third round pick. Yeah. The, the thing, do you guys believe in the absolutes that a lot of people think about when they talk about fantasy? Because a lot of times, like I said, Shane and I butt heads about that. He talks a lot in absolutes. Like there's no gray area in some of these trades. But the Logan Thomas thing that you just said, there is a possibility that that piece is the piece that can help you win. And maybe you don't need to trade him away. And like Justin said, obviously it's team dependent and league dependent, but in that league where you have to start too, that might be a piece that maybe you shouldn't be trading him away. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm in no rush. But, you know, if there's something that comes along, I mean, and and, and I, I was in this chat and I was like, oh, I'm five quarters away from beating Shane with six tight ends. <laughs> I was like, I'm two quarters away from beating Shane with six tight ends. <laughs> and even and even before the, before Sunday, I, uh, like on Friday, I was just like, I'm starting six tight ends against Shane. And he's just like, you don't you don't want to trade me one. I was like, I'm actually pretty excited about <laughs> running out, running out six of my tight ends here. Just, you know. Almost 50% of your team is tied in. Yeah. That's great. I will say this. I have had experience with you. I believe it was last year where you do make a lot of comments and stuff in DM chats when there's <laughs> something going on. I, I I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember you saying a lot of stuff to me. Hey, Sipes, I'm coming for you with this guy and this guy and this guy. <laughs> so I, I have been on the receiving end of those messages. It's pretty funny. I did. I'm actually playing Shane in the Hunger Bowl this week. He he got me though. He beat me this week, but I needed like 25 or points out of Derrick Henry and I would have beat him. And I was like, I'm coming. I'm right behind you, buddy. I'm coming. I'm right behind you. I see you. <laughs> and he, he was just like, he was like, Henry, he's like, Henry's totally getting 40 points. And I was like, don't give me that reverse jigs bullshit, man. Get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thankful Henry kind of took it easy and only only had a bunch of rushing yards, but didn't pile on touchdowns. Because yeah. I had I had a situation where I was up by like 24, 26 or something like that, and it was against AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and I thought I'm done. Right, and I, I eked out a victory because neither of them did much, and I was like, man, this is you know I'm golden. So. That game was so frustrating to me last night because in my home league, I had uh, Jonu Smith and he had Ryan Tannehill. The main reason I ended up pulling out the win, because we were close the whole time, was the touchdown from Tannehill to Jonu because uh -huh. there was more points to Jonu than there was to right. Tannehill. And, and every single time that fucking kicker missed a field uh -huh. goal, I was like, damn it. Now Tanny's going to throw it more. And he missed like three field goals and oh, an extra yeah. point. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to win this game. But I ended up pulling it out. I won by, I think, four points or something like that. But it all was saved because of the Tannehill to, to Jonu touchdown, you know. Well, but yeah, it was a frustrating game last night to watch. Let's talk about the Fantasy Cares Eliminators. With So the Hot Sauce Pod has its own eliminator. I know the HQ Pod has its own eliminator. And Shane Manila has his own eliminator. <laughs> Larry Monkey has his own eliminator. The Hot Sauce Pod, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to the Fantasy Fam. You are the first loser first loser i just flushed the toilet on you there you go uh, congrats for being first the first loser 
Uh, but you know what? But Justin, you almost lost. You, I, you, I squeaked. Look, you squeaked I right by. But we we don't want to talk about that because let's talk about really really fast. We'll touch on Shane Manila having <laughs> his own eliminator. Who and I mean, sorry, buddy. I mean, you're, you're having a tough go of it the last 15 minutes here of this pod. But uh, yeah, man, you just uh, you got you Shane lost. Got eliminator, you eliminator. I uh, love how how he's not even here, but he's like a focus of the of the show. I should have. Uh, you know, it's really funny. I was on uh, Dynasty Rewind a couple weeks ago. The host Michael he said at the beginning, he goes, "Hey, at least tonight." You could be on the show and you won't get interrupted by Shane like you always do on on your HQ. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this will be fun. And then like within like 20 minutes into the show, Shane is in the group chat and he's like <laughs> ripping on me. He's interrupting me. And then the host is reading it and interrupting me. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> You know, that's the way it is. That's my life. It's fine. So the so Shane had a had a rough weekend. So I put out a poll. Uh, okay. I put out a poll this morning. Yes. Uh, what what's the worst outcome for at Shane the worst losing to a guy me that started six tight ends or getting booted week one from your own eliminator uh, it's, it's <laughs> neck and neck uh fifty three percent is getting beat by six tight ends booted from your own eliminator forty seven percent if you ask me I think getting booted from your own eliminator is probably worse than getting beat yep. by six tight ends what about you guys that was my vote I, yeah. I voted on losing your own eliminator yeah I, I've not um, been on Twitter today but I'll find that and I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna swing that a little bit further. To the, uh, to the getting booted from your own eliminator thing. If one loss in a regular league, it doesn't matter. Right. Losing an eliminator, well, eh, you're done. So, yeah. And, yeah. and it's your own. Yeah. And you already explained how important the tight end situation is in that league and everything. I had voted earlier today before you said all the stuff you said about the tight ends, but uh-huh. I think losing in your own eliminator is, yes. is. So, yeah, losing in your own eliminator. Uh, when I lose these eliminators, I and I'm in so many, I've decided that when I get booted from these, if I get booted, I'm gonna unlink from so I don't have to see the, I don't have to see the league on my page anymore. You think that's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a good idea yeah. or not? I'm gonna try it. You see can't unlink right. because you can't unlink from uh from hours because we're gonna have to give the week. Oh up. no, I wouldn't do that. But that, well, that's where I'm going. So like Shane's gonna have to still be kind of involved in his own eliminator he's not a part of anymore right because you know you want to be like hey you know see you later but you want to give a shout out to the the losers but you know he's the biggest one so far so (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he's gonna he's gonna handle his dm chats the way he would have anyways Uh, but i'm saying knowing him for as long as i've known him i don't think this is actually going to bother him in any way shape or form but uh and also the fact like we joked about you making all the comments if you didn't say over and over and over again that you beat him with six tight ends, I, I think that would also not be in his mindset anymore. My most important league is my home league, which I won. Yeah. But my second most important league is fucking HQ1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Justin, uh, I, I'm so upset about last year that I've got to get in there and win. You know, I do not want Jeremy to be the only winner out of the three of us. I don't care about Shane; he's not going to ever win that league. But uh, between me and Jeremy, I have to get a win. Uh, we talked about my Thomas trade, but I made a couple of trades. What do you got, Justin? So I actually I made another trade. So I've got three trades now: <laughs> a 2021 first and second, or Darius Slayton and Sony Michelle. A first. And second. Yep. So it's two picks for Slayton and Sony Michelle. I liked Slayton. I thought Slayton looked really good out there yesterday and everything like that. And I know that whole thing about whether it's in a vacuum or team related. If that team needs the wide receiver and the running back, then I'm perfectly fine. Again, I'm fine trading away picks. If you don't necessarily, if he, if both of those guys are not going into your starting lineup, then I don't know that I would have given away a first and a second. Anytime there's a first and Sony Michelle in the in the same deal, I'm always taking the the first. Guy. <laughs> right. but, the, but the Darius Slayton part, I didn't even mention Sony Michelle. I was just talking about Darius Slayton. But yeah, yeah. I definitely hear what you're saying about Sony so Michelle. In this particular league, I now have seven firsts coming oh. up, and and it's it's a <laughs> and not only that, it's an auction league. Oh, listen, then then there's no question you give away one of those first to get Darius Slayton. Who cares about well, no, the other I went the other way. No, I traded Slayton and Sony for the 2021 first and second, 
And so now I have seven firsts and three seconds. And in an auction league, that gives you a lot of leverage during the auction. Absolutely. So in an auction crazy. league, when you have those picks, that that then that means nothing to the auction part, right? You you get to use those picks to get the player. No, 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 no. That, you just they have convert a chip, into dollars. That's of money, right? Yeah, they convert into dollars. So I'll oh. end up having I'll end up having like probably 70% of the budget when it's all said and done. See, that's different than what I thought you meant. You had seven picks and you get to do that in the rookie draft. You're saying you convert those picks into money. So then that means you have more money to buy whatever one player you may necessarily want. Right. And so that goes back to the team dependent and all and the league dependent and stuff. Uh, Shit. If you could convert all that stuff into money, then yeah, maybe you're right. Then you give away those changes things during And this is one thing that we could talk about during the off season more, but it changes things during the, during the auction if you can if you can dictate the board you know you get somebody to run up a player just enough that that they can't run your players up and then as soon as yours clear you can bump that player again and you can just use you can use one or two players that you're not really interested in getting as leverage to to maintain the board and allow you to get the players you want for cheaper strategy that works if you have a large percentage of the budget see i'm in one league i'm in one league where the money is more like you just said for the rookie depending on what you do they don't they don't give you a rookie pick and then you convert it into money it's all based on money but so i I definitely know what you're talking about because even this year in the rookie draft the more money you had the better chance you had of getting the player and like you said dictating it if that was just a thing where you had a rookie pick i would say i'd rather have darius slayton when you already have seven other first round picks but if you're talking about you could trade all those picks into having one big bag of money then yeah that maybe that's a better way to go unless you have an opportunity to win then Darius slayton i think is a good piece to have for this season i i really hit the reset button on this one too i like doing it i I like the challenge of the reset slayton seems to be the go-to guy for yeah he looks the part at least and you know i'm i'll always regret that trent taylor to Hey, you were trying to trade me Trent Taylor a couple weeks ago in HQ. I tried to to send him back your way. Yeah. Uh, At uh, this point now, he's just trying to get, he's just trying to unload Trent Taylor off the roster. Dude, to every time he touched the ball on Sunday, I was like, go, yeah, go, come on, hit him in the slot. Every time. How many, how many catches did Trent Taylor have? Value up. (laughs) He had had at least three catches. He didn't do much. But I love. The fact that now I have context of why you want to trade Trent Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Whenever you make a bad trade, don't you want to like? Sometimes I want to. I'm like, oh, I'm sour on this guy. I just want to unload him, and you know, just don't even think about this anymore. A lot of times, I kind of don't think about that anymore. Once a trade's done to me, I have the player. It doesn't really matter what happened in the past because mm. everything changes every year. So I kind of just get over it, you know. But yeah. so, what was the other trade you had, Justin? All right, it's a uh, Robbie Anderson or a second. Oh well, that's simple to me. Yeah, no question. I would take Rod Anderson than the second round. I mean, after this first week, I think every, you know everyone's like, "Ooh, Robbie." But I mean, DJ Moore didn't have a great day. Curtis Samuel still there. I'm not a Robbie guy. You know, I'm a Jets fan, and he never made a big catch for me. You know, he made a couple of long catches, but he never made a one in the clutch. Like it always clanked off his hands when you needed him to to bring something down. I'm not a Robbie guy. I might just roll with this. It, de- it depends on, I mean, you're still, you're building. So I understand the need to, to take uh, the second. Uh, but I, I I don't know. I'm still skeptical on how that offense is going to play out in Carolina. And I don't know if I want to roll the dice on Robbie Anderson. That This actually was another league. Same situation. Rookie draft dollars turn into money. That's a 14 team. Flex team. You have to say that up front before you ask. No, come thing. on. It's in a vacuum. Come on. Remember? In a vacuum. Nothing. So, yeah, 14 team. I think, I don't know. Maybe I would roll with the player in a 14 team. Because 14 team, you're, it's all about the depth. Absolutely. Uh, look, I said it a couple different times tonight is what is that second round pick going to do for you? And, you know, you mentioned DJ Moore. Fine. Whether DJ Moore had a good game or not this week one. It is going to be DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson the rest of the way. Those are the two guys. Jumping back into HQ1, are you eventually going to move, or anytime soon, going to move Mahomes or Murray? Are they here to? They're on your team to stay. I've got no intention to move them unless somebody sends me just a an outrageous offer. 
Because those in in a sixteen team superflex, that that's like a a cheat code to have those two quarterbacks. Impossible. It, it's impossible. You know, if you it, it, look, I you made fun of the fact that I have Derek Carr and Priv. And Winston, but I actually had to do trades to get, <laughs> you know, and like I said, we, we didn't realize how difficult we made HQ one till we were already into HQ one. It's very hard to do that. That was my problem with, with my team in that league. I had Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr, and I was afraid that if I rode them and didn't get any value for them, that I'd be in a situation that you might be in next year where you don't have a right. single starting quarterback. And then you're you you have no choice but to reset the whole thing and even the trade that we did to get Derek that I got Derek Carr off of you I, I I don't remember exactly the circumstances but I do remember that it was because me and Shane or Shane and I were in the middle of doing a trade that involved one of my quarterbacks and the only way, way uh, I could do the trade was to have that backup trade in yeah, I, I remember board. this. Yeah, I remember yeah. this. Did you trade? And, did you trade Josh Allen? Is that who you traded? It was Josh Allen was part of that trade? Yeah, but it, yeah, and then yeah. I got Mike Evans back, and there was some other pieces. But the only reason I did it was because you and I worked out our trade, right. so it was sitting in my box. So the moment I was able to do the trade with Shane, then I accepted the trade with you, and it worked out that way. Now, whether that was a good thing or not, who knows? Mike Evans had a bad week one and, and whatever, but, but it is very hard with quarterbacks. So you're right. So if it, if you're going to trade away somebody like Mahomes and uh, Murray, yeah. if you're going to trade away one of those two guys, you obviously have to get a quarterback and other things in that package. So if you're not going to get something like that, there's no reason for you to move on from them, you know? All right. So this is what it was. It was Derek Carr, and a, a fifth and a fourth, and you gave me Singletary, Steven Sims, and Josh Oliver. You win <laughs> right. that trade at this point. This is back in January. So looking back at it now, you win that trade by getting Derek Carr. As crazy as it is to say that. And it's true because what it was, not, I'm not saying it's true that I won. because that know, was a steal. That. Yeah. But, but it was what facilitated me to be able to do the other trade too because I was not going to accept a trade with Shane and give away a quarterback if I did not already have another quarterback in the wings because it would be so hard for me to have tried to make a trade with somebody to get a quarterback. Well, I think we should uh, kind of wrap things up maybe and cool preparations for your HQ recording tomorrow tomorrow evening, right? So I'm sure yes. there's a lot of, lot of work that you have to, you know, Get dig into and all all the analytics that goes into uh, getting that show off. The <laughs> I will tell you this though: uh, prior to you and I coming on, when you said that thing about uh, contacting Shane, uh, I the only reason I know he's in bed is because we were texting back and forth some ideas for tomorrow night's show, and I said I was coming on with you guys, and he goes, "I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow." Ah! <laughs> I, knew, I knew he was in bed already, but yeah, that's, that's we were Larry and had Larry been drinking, the, the message would have already been sent before you even came on here. Probably. Exactly. But exactly. He'll so. send out a thing, like a link, just no <laughs> words, no nothing, just a link. And you're like, wait, what? Why, why is there a stream yard link in my group? <laughs> Larry has popped into our show uh, a couple of times. We've done the live feed thing where <laughs> Shane and I had no idea that Jeremy was sending out links, you know, but we had that one where I, I believe, was it Greg who popped in our show? Yeah. And he was brushing, brushing his, his teeth. teeth right. <laughs> Nice. It was pretty funny, but Jeremy did that. I think it's been twice now where he, he didn't tell us first before he sends out the link. So nice. uh, the best I know part. about that. <laughs> well, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, we, we had you on for our, uh, one of the earlier shows when we did that draft party, maybe, uh, so maybe we'll make that annual thing. Yeah. But look, at least this time you made it to the end of the show, Larry. Yes. My wife did not <laughs> come down. You didn't get a chance, You're right. Yeah. Last time you, you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to Michael. So. I did not. Right. That's so funny. And also we were like, wait a second. Wasn't he the main recording thing? And he's gone. How yeah. does that work? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. right. Yeah. We never really discussed that. Yeah. My wife came down and just yanked the cord out of the, the wall and the computer just fucking went black. And she didn't even, and she just turned around and walked back upstairs. She didn't even flip me off. She didn't even say nothing. She just came down, yanked it out, ran, walked back upstairs. No, fuck oh you. No, God. nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's part of the reason, like you said, if we're going to wrap everything full circle, that's part of what you said to me at the beginning of the show about the studio thing. The whole point I built all this stuff downstairs was that I don't bother her and Michael Jr. upstairs. They, you know, it's, it's a lot quieter down here. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, Michael Sipes is at FF Blitz on Twitter and yeah, he's the man. He's the HQ, uh, the Dynasty Headquarters podcast. One of the best, best, best shows out there. You know, if, if you want to get into Dynasty and get hooked into the community, or just get hooked into Dynasty football in general, then yeah, this is where this is where you should. This should be the first one you want to get into it. Thank you very much. Yeah, we we started off with the intention of trying to have fun. That was our whole premise of doing this. And we've had a really good time for almost three years now. We're probably yeah. in another, I think, two months. We'll be on for three years. So we've had a great time and we've had fun with our listener leagues. We've had fun with you guys. It makes me feel good to see like your guys' show and you guys mention that it comes out of our listener league and out of us. And, you know, it's not lost on me about that. So thanks for listening to the. Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast!